Welcome to Lead Today with me, Kalina. Let's talk leadership. Hi, thanks for being here and joining me today. I'm excited to share a little bit about an experience that I had in Fiji a few years ago that has sort of come full circle as I've been investigating different religious texts. I've been reading the Bible, actually, which as somebody that was nurtured in a Catholic upbringing and in, in, in the Catholic tradition and faith, I really, as I grew up, sought to seek out different religions and rituals and ways of, of cultivating faith. And no matter what your religious affiliation, I think there's definitely something so powerful in what happens in community when people are surrounded to come they come together in faith of something larger than themselves and whatever that whatever the word the religious text the ritual the theory around it the stories i think we're all sort of searching for more and bigger and and know to some degree that we can't control everything and there's a force many forces the, the universe or these bigger forces that are larger than ourselves that even if we just go to the layer of nature you know we can't control the weather and it's such a force and this mother nature or mother earth this feminine that gets represented regardless of how you want to depict it i think there's so much that we as individuals don't control in our lives and the community that's cultivated via religion absolutely lends itself to building faith in conjunction in communion with others and that strengthens our faith now I am absolutely not saying that <laughs> this doesn't come with huge ramifications, downside, wars, death, bloodshed. I am. I, I want to just focus on what I learned in Fiji at a kava ceremony, which isn't necessarily religious, although it is a ritual. So I'd like to focus on the rituals and the benefits of rituals and how religion and my experience has brought me to this place of really valuing them and if we want to do a debate on the pros and cons of religion and religious communities that might be another episode but for today i would really like to focus in on rituals specifically and the rituals that i've had the privilege of being a part of over the course of my life and specifically this one in fiji and what it meant to me and what i have learned so that's what I love to get into a little bit today and really just explain how I think perhaps we've lost a little bit of this and we might like to bring it back. So the Kava Kava ceremony. The Kava ceremony, um, they call it the high five in Fiji and it's reserved for highly honored guests. My friend Emma and I, we were visiting we were in the Isawa Islands and we were camping in these huts on this one island. No real cell service, no Wi-Fi. I actually I was teaching coaching training and had to take a boat 40 minutes, a little fishing boat, to another one of the islands that had a hotel that had Wi-Fi on it. So definitely feeling remote and the Kaaba ceremonies in the Pacific Islands started to be integrated into celebrations marking everyday family and village life. So 
the big ones, births, weddings, anniversaries, funerals, and as a gifting kava at a wedding can be exchanged to symbolize the binding together two families. So lots of different etiquette. Uh, it's definitely a remarkable experience to have the, the opportunity to be a part of, and you'll, you'll really feel that welcoming sense. You're in this little community, beautiful under the stars, the most stars, I think, I mean, okay, in Brazil in Jericoacoara, I also saw many stars because they didn't have any streetlights. This was the equivalent, I guess, in the southern hem, further down. I, I just, wow, I still remember it to this day, no lights, so many stars, and, and we did have the kava ceremony in the evening, and so for anyone that doesn't actually know what I'm talking about, um, kava is a traditional beverage made from water and the ground root of the pepper plant, and it's, there, there are some, depending on if you're entering the village or if it's something that's happening in a local community, it's a little bit different, but we were visitors and we did gain formal permission from the chief to partake in the ceremony. And essentially you have bowls and I, I'm not the expert on all of the background and so I'm, I'm being just very careful to give my experience because I'm not an expert in the ceremony itself. I did not lead the ceremony, I did not conduct it, I was, I was absolutely there to partake in the ceremony. So it's, it's normally the eldest man in the group who presents the route to the village chief and you sit down and you remain seated during the ceremony and for us essentially there was music in my experience and we sat there, it was evening time, they had prepared actually this beautiful barbecue where they dug up they made a hole and they they put meat and fish because we were right by the water there uh, and they buried it and so they they cooked it in the ground and this was a whole day that's a whole other experience it was a whole day affair so they prepared this meat and so beautiful and they put leaves from the trees on top and it cooked all day and um as i said at nightfall uh this ceremony started and so we sat in this circle and even though I didn't understand everything that was being said, even though I had never partaken in this experience before, I could feel that it was, there was a reverence, there was a, there was a meaning in this experience, broader than myself, broader than even the kava, it was a symbolism, and I was being welcomed into something sacred, and when something is sacred for people, there's, there's such a feeling, right? If you, even if you're not religious, if you've ever walked into a church, or a mosque, or a synagogue, or any religious place, even a place of heritage, or even if you walk into a cemetery, I find people really revere the dead, and um, there's something very powerful also in death, and we see that with kava ceremonies being at these big life junctures. And so the thought for me goes, okay, well, it's in the it's in these big moments, right? Weddings, birthdays, funerals, etc., that we create these big rituals. What if? Well, and in the context of this kava ceremony, it was also for visitors. What if? We could also bring this to our daily lives, ritualize small things. I was just reading about um, in Judaism for Jewish people. It's another experience I'd love to share about that I had recently. But um, essentially, Orthodox Jews, depending on it, depends very much so depends on what type of Orthodox Jew in terms of how they're practiced. But Hasidic Jews will essentially 
if I understand the premise correctly, will essentially make all daily actions sacred. So honoring God in, in all things that they do, whether it's just doing the dishes or after a daily meal, they really bring that reverence, that appreciation and, and that service to God in everything that they do. And I think that that is really my first feeling my first feeling of that, I, again, I'll share this in a separate episode because that was really profound too, the experience I had recently, actually just at a local restaurant. Um, but what I noticed in this kava ceremony was it was that same reverence for something bigger than us, nature, God, the universe, in such a seemingly normal day for me. I had, you know, I had gone out, I'd been walking in nature, we went up this hill, it was beautiful, and then in the evening I felt like I was being appreciated and honored and that visitors and company and being in company was something to be honored and revered and a, there was a ritual around the showing and showing appreciation and honoring that opportunity that we were all together that we could have music that we could enjoy each other's company that we could be in ceremony together and the ceremony provided the space the ritual the routine the actions for us to come together and unify. I think that's what we see in music as well, is you have a band and you have people playing different parts, but in all their different parts, they come together and they unify into a song. And it's a similar thing that we see in ritual where everybody has their different roles and everybody has their different parts, but we come together and we witness something together. And yes, that happens again in, in a wedding or a funeral, something big, we sort of, it brings certainty to very um, potentially unsettling or uncertain or sad scenarios like a funeral or big moments in our lives. They bring us things that we know that we can count on and know that we can connect to and a process or a methodology that will bring us that certainty in times of, again, extreme emotion one way or the other. What's beautiful is bringing and ritualizing daily life. What that does for us is it helps us to ground into something bigger than ourselves every day. And so I know, of course, that this movement toward meditation bringing meditation into our daily lives is absolutely something that people have created somewhat of a ritual to to connect to themselves what i would say is definitely amidst the past few years what i think might be also beneficial so having individual rituals in our daily lives absolutely um, but what i've started doing with my husband is just before a meal we'll we'll just hold hands and we kind of just are so thankful for each other that we're here and the food and it, it sounds you know staying grace i mean not a new concept but hey i haven't done it in years and and it's really this little act ritualizing that one moment for us and it's it's not a, a huge prayer it's not necessarily dedicated to any one particular religion but it's a moment of unity and gratitude for the two of us together and it's so easy to fluff it off but we set a goal of it we said we really want to connect we really want to become present in this way and it's really changed our, our dinner experience and it's just one example of how I'm bringing ritual into the equation for myself daily because of the power I've seen in, in it in a daily fashion and I mean hey I might as well share now in this episode it makes sense so I was recently at a restaurant that um, I don't know the ownership it's, it's in Miami but I know that pretty much all of the guests there were Hasidic Jews and um, I can post some information on, on differences because I'm not the expert um, on the Jewish, Jewish tradition and faith myself. 
Um, but what was interesting is the community feeling was so strong. I, I did feel somewhat, I will say, out of place because I, I didn't necessarily... I, <laughs> my mom and I stumbled upon this restaurant and it was so... It was so jarring just how strong this community, you could feel it was palpable that this, the unity and the connection of this feeling of this community. And it was, it was at a restaurant. It was at a restaurant on, you know, a regular, <laughs> regular evening and the place was packed with people. It was, it was so, it, the whole street was kind of not that busy, but this one restaurant was packed and in driving around that neighborhood, actually, there were other restaurants where there were also members of the same community and of course it's not always visibly clear right but the the Hasidic faith or the Hasidic Jewish community has very specific garments that are worn that make it more visibly apparent that they're a part of the same community and part of the same group whereas it's not necessarily always so visually apparent right if we're walking around I mean it's not we don't always know what someone's religious beliefs or affiliations and communities are. So this was just so apparent um, because of the adherence to such tradition and and particular set of rules and commandments that come from Judaism and this particular sect or part of the faith, if you will. So we're at this place and just even dinner. I mean, this is dinner again, right? It's, it's a daily occurrence. It wasn't a specific holiday. It wasn't a Jewish holiday. There was, there was no big event that was being honored. It wasn't a wedding or a funeral or any one of these big events that we ritualize in our lives, but it was like, it was community. People were chatting, people were, and this wasn't in a religious place, right? It was just a restaurant, but the community was coming together to support each other and the restaurant owner and be in in communion be together to enjoy a meal and of course everybody was you know people are at different tables it wasn't that they had planned a large event either or that the restaurant was closed and reserved this was something that had been woven into the fabric of the community and it's it's a part of it was a meeting place it was a gathering place and this is what i'm hoping to reignite in my life and also for for others i think we for justifiable reasons have sort of shied away from from religion and from not only religion but from community and gatherings because it hasn't I mean clearly right it hasn't been along the landscape and of course I'm not saying to go against what's best for the collective good or health or any of that but what I'm saying is there was something so beautiful and unifying and larger than the individual larger than life even seeing a group of individuals just enjoying a meal, connecting in faith and with each other, talking about whatever, the day, it was it, nothing, no, no huge display. Um, at the end of eating, though, Hasidic Jews do again have the tradition to honor God, and so there was a prayer that was done with all the men that were standing outside of the restaurant, and they, they did a a prayer where they bow and I, I don't know the specifics or particulars again I'm not an expert here but witnessing even that was just all the men coming together honoring the meal gratitude faith thankfulness for what they had just experienced and honoring the meal honoring God it was I'm still reeling over this experience and that's exactly how I felt also in Fiji with this kava ceremony was round after round you essentially drink bowl after bowl and you go in order in this circle and you you drink some kava and 
will say there was a feeling like a like a numbness on my lips. Kind of get a feeling of feeling numb. Maybe a bit drunk, sort of, but relaxed. Not the same as alcohol. Um, but there is some sort of stimulating effect of the kava drink that you're having and th- it's not a drug or a hallucin- you know, you're not hallucinating or anything from my experience or my knowledge, but, um, this sharing from the same bigger bowl and it's got a bitter taste, very earthy, if you will. Like I'll put a link to, um, uh, a video of a ceremony, not the one I partook, partook in, but, um, I'll put a link so you can check it out if that's what you'd like to do. And just that everybody in the kava situation, and actually with the prayers, the the Hasidic Jews that were praying these men after the meal, I think there was something in this similar or same actions and words and sort of being in unison in that way, and again lending itself to music, right? Everybody's doing it a bit in their own way or voice, but they're there's there's a unity in that and I think there was something very powerful about doing that in community and I think we need more of that in our daily lives in whatever small way that we can like I've said I'm doing it with my husband at meals or and and yes okay (laughs) I'm not trying to either negate organized religion or your own individual ritualized practices I think those are really important too and like I've said meditation or if you have a yoga practice if you like to come home to yourself and I think that's so powerful and needed as well but what I really want to touch upon is this other kind of vein of it where that I think that we're really needing and potentially missing, which is the the connection with another human being in that act of coming home in unity and space. And I really it didn't it wasn't even religious necessarily this kava ceremony in Fiji, but sharing that with Emma, with all the members of this community, experiencing, feeling seen, feeling heard in some way, held maybe not heard, uh, we didn't say too much, but held and seen somehow as being welcomed, accepted, invited, um, and a part of something bigger than me. And we get this feeling in nature, I think, when we go and, you know, we're out in the stars or in kayaking in a lake or on a hike, and we really feel that vastness of our experience. And certainly, you know, being on a remote island in Fiji was (laughs) absolutely an great opportunity for all of those types of moments in nature too. What I really want to drive home is how poignant and meaningful it was to be welcomed and included in such a beautiful coming home together experience, coming into space and unity together. And uh, even at this restaurant where there were Jewish people that the, the tradition was very different from what I knew. The praying, I didn't know what was being said. I, But just being in that physical proximity and experiencing that energy of that experience, or, or rather tradition, ritual, and it was such a small daily thing that was happening. It wasn't a wedding. We all know what it feels like at a wedding, right? Or a funeral, and you feel that same thing. What's so powerful, or what I what I'm, guess I'm getting at here is that powerful feeling that you get when you go to a wedding and you feel like everybody is together and celebrating and excited I think we can bring a little bit more intentionality or yeah bring a bit more intention and thoughtfulness to 
creating that in a daily way with the people in our lives. And if you're somebody that lives alone, and I can only imagine, you know, I know, actually I can, I've lived alone. I know how hard that can be. Traveling alone, I've done a lot of things in my life alone. And that feeling sometimes of, of, of being lonely, it's, it's an interesting thing to navigate. I think if you live alone, this is actually more important than ever. And if, of course, protecting all health considerations, having that in, in its own, I guess, lane, um, I think being a part of a community that makes you, not makes you, gives you the feelings of being held, understood, known, loved, cherished, cared for, seen a part, a part of something. I think that's more important, even more important if you're, if you're living alone or feeling lonely. So if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling like you wish you were part of something bigger, if your job's not cutting it, if your, your personal practice is not giving you that same feeling of in community, I would absolutely invite you to consider different ceremonies, different opportunities for community. I've seen this even at gyms, to be completely frank with you. I've seen there's some really cool communities in Toronto where um, they'll do workouts outside and they've been doing it following health measures outside distanced for the entire COVID experience. And quite frankly, I think that's also a similar ritual and it's got nothing to do with any particular book or sect or, you know, it's just so powerful because it's people coming in unison to be a part and if you can bring that to your life consciously on a daily basis I think all of the little communities that can do that and if we magnify and think of you know your country your your continent and we think of the whole world I think if we're able to do that on a grassroots level and bring that into our daily lives I think we're headed in a really great direction because I felt so a part of that community in BC for that one moment and I definitely want more of that for myself so I'll post the links in the episode notes I hope you find community and rituals to that you resonate with and that make you feel that feeling of seen heard understood loved and I want to thank you so much again for listening if you did appreciate this episode or any of the other episodes, it would mean so much if you liked, subscribed, reviewed, shared the show so that we can be in more community together as well in this realm, in this podcast. Thanks again. See you soon.